everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Luna's Galaxy Podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. The Luna's Galaxy Podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast services on Tuesday every two weeks. For this episode, we have three segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, and questions. But before we get started, if you would like to leave a review or a rating or something like that on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever you're listening. <laughs> I would very, very much appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. I know I say it every time, but it means a lot to me. So thank you very much if you do those things. It's also cool if you don't do those things. I appreciate you listening either way. <laughs> but you should leave a review. But anyway, <laughs> let's get right into the gaming news. Um, I'm thinking this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode because I, I thought there was more news, to be honest, because of the Nintendo Direct and stuff, but I don't really, I don't know if there's actually that much news, so we might get through this quick, we might not, but it's probably going to be a bit, of, a bit of a shorter episode anyway because I got to get back to playing I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. That came out last week, last Friday, and man... I've been playing it, but we'll get to that later. But what I'm saying is that this is probably going to be a shorter episode <laughs> because I want to get back into it. <laughs> that is my priority right now. But anyway, let's let's just get into the gaming news. So first off, some PS Plus games were announced for July and these games were Crash 4, It's About Time, Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of a Dawn, and Arcade Geddon. And I don't know much about Dark Pictures or Arcade Geddon, but I do know a lot about Crash 4, and that's why I put this in news. Um, you know, some podcasts we cover PS Plus games, some podcasts we don't. It really just depends. <laughs> but y'all gotta play Crash 4, okay? If you have PlayStation Plus and you have not played Crash 4 yet, now is the perfect chance. It's free. It's your free game for the month. And man, Crash 4 is such a good game. It is one of my favorite platformers. I think it is so good. And, you know, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it actually is, to be quite honest. Um, just because, like, the Crash formula is pretty... You know what to expect from it. Um, I didn't expect any sort of innovation or anything to really surprise me in Crash 4. But some of the new powers that they have with the different masks and the level design and just everything about that game really took me by surprise by it just how good it is <laughs> and how fresh it feels you know it doesn't feel like you're playing like a playstation one platformer which you know i would hope not but uh just generally it really feels fresh for the crash formula and i want to see more crash games <laughs> because that really took me by surprise with how good it is so i really really recommend even if you've played a crash bandicoot game before and didn't really click with you i think this is worth trying out anyway because one it's free if you have playstation plus but it really is, I think, one of the better platformers out there. And it's so good. The level design is good. The aesthetics are good. It's fun. It's To me, it's probably my favorite uh, Crash game. So play Crash 4 if you have PlayStation Plus. Because <laughs> it's really good. Anyway, let's get on to more news. So there was a Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase. And I think they also said this was like a mini showcase, which it didn't really feel like a mini showcase. It was still like almost half an hour long. Uh, one thing I will say I didn't really like about how they did this showcase was, one, it was really hard to find, so I wanted to watch it right as it went live, 
and I was just like on my TV because I like watching these things on my TV, not my phone because they're like these big, big showcase things and I like seeing the pretty new trailers on my TV. Anyway, that's besides the point. So I was like on the YouTube app on uh, like the, the Amazon Fire Stick thing and it was like I was looking, I just, I typed in Nintendo Direct Showcase and the videos that were coming up were like other people live streaming it. I couldn't find like anything from Nintendo and then like I would scroll a bit more and I, I got to some official Nintendo channels, but it wasn't Nintendo America. I was finding like Nintendo Europe, Nintendo Australia, Nintendo New Zealand. I was finding all these different ones, but I couldn't find Nintendo America for some fucking reason. I, I don't know. I don't think it was an algorithm thing because I think I saw later on that someone on Twitter said that they just didn't unlist the video or something. So they had tweeted out the link, but that was the only way to find it for Nintendo America for a while. Like it wasn't technically public. I don't know. It was this weird thing. And so that was really fucking weird. <laughs> I've never experienced that before where I'm like desperately trying to find a showcase and it's not like, you know, out of the first five videos or live streams that pops up. I was like, anyway. But also, I this wasn't live streamed. This was just like a YouTube, not even a YouTube premiere. It was just like it went live. That was it. And so a lot of the news stories were just coming out like right, like one by one by one by one. It wasn't, you know, people weren't even watching all the trailers. They were just kind of skipping through to see what had been announced, which is completely fine. <laughs> I get that. Um, but it kind of took away some of the magic. Like, that might be a weird thing to say, but, you know, I feel like watching a Nintendo Direct or any kind of showcase can be this really fun thing because, you know, people are live tweeting, the community's together, um, we're all kind of experiencing the same thing at once. It's a lot of fun, you know, doing that live. But because this video just went, you know, live, I remember I was watching it and, you know, I was looking at Twitter because that's usually what I do during these things and I'm not streaming it. Um, I was just looking through Twitter to see what other people are saying about the showcase. And it was like the end announcement, spoiler alert, um, the very last thing that they announced in the direct was that the Persona games were coming to Switch. And I'd only watched like one minute at that point of like the direct. And it was all over Twitter that Persona was coming to Switch. And I was like, damn, I feel like I just got a spoiler for the showcase. But it was because they didn't like live stream it. It was just it all went out at once. And so, you know, similar to that, a lot of, like, headlines from, you know, news outlets were just one after another, one after another. Like, you don't even really get time to digest what you're seeing before you see on Twitter that, you know, this was another game that got announced, but you're not that far into the show yet. <laughs> you didn't skip to that point yet. Anyway, it's just a really, like, very small nitpick I have, but I don't want them to do that again. Um, I don't know why it wasn't, even if it was just a YouTube premiere and not, like, streamed on Twitch or something, like, I would get that. Um, it, it was just weird. I don't know why they didn't just have it, like, a normal live stream. Because here's the thing, it, they're saying it's a partner showcase, it's a mini direct, whatever they said, but it didn't really feel like one. There were some big-ass announcements in there, in my opinion, that, you know, really got people hyped. It was a really good showcase, even though Nintendo didn't seem to really care much about it. Um, it was really good, and, you know, just having it kind of, like, spoiled on Twitter. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about this, because maybe I'm the odd one out. <laughs> like, I did think it was fine to skip through and be like, oh, this doesn't look interesting, let's just move on. But at the same time, you know, I feel like if it was live-streamed, I probably would have cared more about some of the games being shown off. I would have, you know, watched them instead of just skipping the next thing and being like, oh, what's next? 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think that's a nitpick on my part, but I've also heard it, it's also not fun for journalists when, you know, you're like I said, you see all the news articles and they're just trying to get everything out all at once because it's not really, I mean, it, obviously there's an order. The video has an order to it, but it's like there's no waiting time and it's just a lot of rushing. Anyway, I didn't like it that much. I hope that they don't do that again. But the actual showcase itself was really good. So let's talk a bit about that. I'm just going to talk about some of the stuff that I personally enjoyed from the showcase. Um, but it was a really good showcase. So I do recommend watching it yourself because there might be something that I didn't talk about, but that you might like. So the first big thing was that Nier Automata is coming to Switch. And I don't, I don't really know if people are asking for this. At least I haven't <laughs> really heard people asking for this. But like, fuck, I'll take it. I, Nier Automata is a fantastic game. And the more people that can play that, the better. Like, it, it's one of those games where it really, it, it made me think about video games differently, if that makes sense. You know, before, you know, growing up when you play a lot of video games, it's just kind of like gameplay, cutscene, gameplay, cutscene. And it's just kind of like that. But Nier Automata, I think, was the game that really showcased for me that, oh, like, video game storytelling doesn't just have to be gameplay, cutscene, gameplay, cutscene. They can really work together and use the presentation of a video game and, you know, really using the specific medium for storytelling and to really get this greater picture. And it's, oh, it's fantastic. I love Nier Automata so much. Um, so the more people that can play that, the better. However, this was one thing that a few people pointed out. <laughs> and it's, it's really mind-boggling. So when I first saw this in the direct, I was like, okay, this has got to be a cloud version because that's what Square's been doing. They did it for Kingdom Hearts. They did it for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think maybe a few other games. I'm not entirely sure on that. But they've been doing these cloud versions of, you know, games that run on PS4 and Xbox and all that stuff because the Switch just can't run them a lot of the time. And I get that. I understand why Kingdom Hearts 3 is a cloud game. I get it. <laughs> However, N Nier Automata is... A native port. It is not cloud. It is like running on the Switch. And, you know, do I think it's going to run as good as it does on the PS4? No, of course not. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that from a, a Switch port. However, what a lot of people were quick to point out was that, like, what is happening with Square? Because Kingdom Hearts, like, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 specifically is a collection of games that was on the PlayStation 2 slash PlayStation 3 you want to kind of take it as the remasters, the 1.5, 2.5 ports instead of the actual PS2 games, which is understandable. Either way, even as a PS3 game, the Switch should be able <laughs> to run that natively. And it's, it's still mind-boggling to me that Square Enix didn't put at least Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5, or even just Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 if they did something differently. It's probably too much effort. I get it. I don't understand why they didn't do 1.5 and 2.5 as native Switch ports. I'll never understand it. Because clearly, if Nier Automata can run on Switch, so can these PS2 games. <laughs> like, don't try and tell me other word, like otherwise. I understand that maybe it's a space issue. But I, I actually saw on Twitter earlier today that, um, you know, the PS4 gigabyte count thing, storage thing, for Nier Automata was about 60 gigabytes, I want to say, like between 50 and 60. And on the Switch, they got down to 10 gigabytes because you can really compress that to get to run. And so I'm like, okay, if storage is an issue and you're able to get it down that much <laughs> by like 40 gigabytes to get it on the Switch, then you can do that with 
the Kingdom Hearts PS2 games. And so I don't understand. I still don't understand why this isn't happening for Kingdom Hearts. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I'm, I've been proven wrong before. So hopefully I'm wrong. I understand why Kingdom Hearts 3 is on cloud. Completely understand that. But even now with Nier Automata being on Switch, I'm like, well, maybe, like maybe it could work. Anyway, that was just the, the, something that a lot of people were like really confused about because Nier Automata is like a PS4 game. Kingdom Hearts is PS2, PS3. It's like, okay. But anyway, that's that's my little um, rant about that. But yeah, Nier Automata Switch is still really good. I'm still... I don't think I'll personally pick it up. I think when I want to play that game, um, I want to play it on my PS4. I still got to get that Platinum. But yeah, really cool. And then we also saw Pac-Man World Repack. And I, I could be wrong. I probably should have checked this beforehand. But I think this is a remaster slash remake. I think it's a remaster of an older Pac-Man game. And I'm not familiar with this on myself. The only Pac-Man game I really am familiar with was there was one on the PlayStation 2. Um, I, what's it called? Pac-Man something 2. I don't know what that other word is in there, but it's Pac-Man something 2. <laughs> and I played it a lot as a kid. I didn't get like far in it. I just kind of replayed the first two hours of the game repeatedly because that was how I played games as a kid. I don't know. I liked familiarity, I guess. <laughs> That's the only Pac-Man game I'm really familiar with, but uh, the trailer they showed of Pac-Man World Repack kind of reminded me of that. Um, like, stylistically and graphically, it reminded me of that. Um, like, like, the 3D models and stuff. So I'm kind of interested in this. It, it reminds me of the game I played when I was a child. So yeah, that looks cool. I, I'm not familiar with the original game, but like, I might check it out. I thought, I thought it looked cool. Um, and then we saw more of Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is going to be an early access in September. And I want to say this is multi-platform, but I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember 100%. But I'm actually kind of excited for this game. Um, it looks good. It's like a Disney life sim, I guess. Like, people have been comparing it to, like, Animal Crossing, but, like, Disney. And the trailers that I've seen look kind of cute. And it is also, I think, going to be free to play, so... You really can't go wrong there, even if you end up, like, despising it. <laughs> if it's free, I will try it, for sure. And so I'm hoping that that turns out to be really good, because I think, I think it looks cute. I remember um, Disney Magical Adventure was on the 3DS. It had, there was a sequel as well, Disney Magical Adventure 2. And those games are really cute on the 3DS. They had a similar vibe. I think they were more targeted at kids, whereas this one seems maybe looking for like a teen audience or an older audience just because like stylistically I think um the characters look um older less less young less sort of style because okay I'm I'm rambling a bit but um in Disney Magical Adventure <laughs> um like the style of your characters is more similar to Animal Crossing or it's like they're short they're a bit more round almost like a chibi art style um, not exactly that, but you get the gist of what I'm saying, whereas this is, it just looks like regular people. It's less stylized in that sort of cutesy way. So, I don't know. That's just my idea of what the target audience might be. But I'm definitely going to try it out. <laughs> but, anyway, I guess I'm a Disney adult. I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, so, hmm. We are also going to be getting a Live Alive demo, and... 
I think this is really cool. Um, I feel like there was a few years maybe during like the PS3, PS4 era where game demos were just not really a thing. They were very rare and it feels like they're coming back. I know Square Enix has been doing a lot of them, it seems. Um, we got one for Final Fantasy VII Remake. We got one for, um, what was it? Triangle Strategy. I think there might have been a few other ones as well. Uh, oh yeah, Stranger of Paradise. And even other game companies have been doing more of these demos lately, like Fire Emblem Three Hopes. And so I'm really glad that demos are coming back. I think that they are really good. And this also, this Live Alive demo, I think it's like the first three chapters or something. It's a hefty, it's a hefty chunk. And I haven't uh, looked into it myself yet, but I'm really happy just in general that game demos are coming back. I think it really helps people, you know, decide what they want to play. <laughs> Um, it can really sell a game for some people, or it could be like the Balan Wonderworld demo where you play it and you're like, whoa, never mind. <laughs> God, but anyway, <laughs> that's cool. So check that out if you are at all interested in Live Alive. And then we also got another Square Enix announcement. So Harvest Stella is coming November 4th, and this is kind of like a, a cross, not a crossover, that's the wrong word. <laughs> never mind that. Um... It's a mix. That's that's a better word. It's like a mix between a farming game and an RPG. And I don't think I've really played many farming games. <laughs> like, I play simulation games, but not many that really focus on farming. Um, so it's farming mixed with RPG, JRPG, I guess. And this game follows different seasons, including Quietus. And this was the part in the trailer where I was like, oh, this... Okay, I'm interested now because it looks like this really cute, you know, farming RPG with the different seasons, really cute, whatever. And then you get to quietest season. It's like, shit's fucked. <laughs> um, basically, when you get to that season, I guess it's just like everything is dead and it looks like very dreary and just bad. <laughs> so I'm very interested in that. I think, uh, you know, stylistically, aesthetically, this game really, you know, it speaks to me. And gameplay-wise, it also seemed pretty cool. And that's coming out November 4th. So, I mean, I don't know if I'll buy it on release because I'm cheap and I have a lot of other games to play. But I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to this one. I think that was my favorite thing out of that Nintendo Direct. And I think it looks really good. So if you haven't watched the trailer for that already, please at least watch that one. I thought it was really cool. Um, it really took me by surprise. Usually, I'm going to be honest, like, new IPs don't always speak to me the same way that, you know, like, a sequel to, like, Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, you know, an established IP has, which I think is normal. Um, but this one really stood out to me. I really liked it. So, yeah. And then the final announcement of the Direct was that the Persona games are coming to Switch. So we're getting Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. And, um... Obviously, this was already announced for Xbox, PS5, Steam, all that stuff. And so they really just waited on the Switch announcement. Uh, not entirely sure why. Maybe, you know, they had aligned with Nintendo beforehand to reveal it there. And then Xbox was like, yo, what if we announced it at our showcase as well? So I don't know. I don't know um, marketing wise why they decided to do it that way. Maybe just to show as many people as possible at those different showcases. But yeah, I mean, hell yeah. I know I'm personally probably not going to get Persona 5 Royal again. I have no desire to replay that game. But I do get the urge every now and then to replay Persona 4. So if I can replay it on Switch, might get that. But I'm honestly, I'm mostly interested in Persona 3 Portable. I've never technically finished Persona 3. 
I got to like the final month in Persona 3 Fez and I played, I, I think I might've got to like the summer months in Persona 3 Portable um, when I first played it. So I might go back to Persona 3 Portable because I think playing it on the Switch would just, you know, that's the ideal way to play it is portably. Surprise, surprise. So I might, I might uh, do that. I don't think it'll be like very expensive. <laughs> so that's not much of a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, I might, I might go back to Persona 3 at some point. That was the one that's most interesting to me. So those were the big announcements from the Direct. And then, so we just have some other bits and pieces of news. Um, Danganronpa S is coming to mobile, PS4, and Steam on July 21st. And if you'll remember when the, it was Danganronpa Decadence Collection, I believe, for the Switch came out last year, um, they had... <laughs> It was this collection of the, you know, the three games, the three main games, and they also had this extra thing thrown in there, Danganronpa S. I don't know much about it, but it's kind of like an extension of this mini game that they had in Danganronpa V3, which I did play a bit of, but like I didn't delve deep into it. I wanted to get uh, the platinum, but then I just got bored with it. So anyway. <laughs> Anyway, and then, so yeah, that Danganronpa S, which was just this side thing that was put in the collection, is now coming as its own thing to mobile PS4 and Steam, and I mean, if it's free, if it's free, I'll download it, it does have gotcha elements or like pay to win, you know, microtransaction type stuff, and so I assume it's going to be free, at least on mobile, because all mobile games that use microtransactions, in my opinion, should probably be free. That's, like, you know, the type of mobile games that I play. I think it's really fucking weird if they didn't do it that way. Um, so I might, you know, download it, check it out. I don't think I'll really, like, play it. <laughs> Just because I'm not really into Danganronpa anymore. Um, but yeah, that's... Will it flop? Probably. <laughs> Let's be real. Probably. But it's July 21st. So yeah. And also, Sega is looking to adapt Persona into a live-action TV series or movie. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> when I first saw this headline, my first thought is like I got a flashback in my mind to when Netflix did like their own sort of take on Death Note, and that I feel like that's just the the route that a Persona live-action TV series or movie would go down. I don't I don't think Persona needs it personally i think that you know if people want to get into persona they can watch the anime i don't know why they want to go for this live action stuff i don't know um <laughs> i could be wrong maybe it'll come out it'll be announced and it'll look fucking fantastic you know hopefully if it is real um that'll happen but i just thought it was interesting because i don't know i mean maybe sega has seen the success of like the sonic movies and is now like yo what if we do this with more of our IPs? But honestly, you know what? I think I would rather see something Yakuza related. <laughs> and I understand why they might not want to do that. Um, especially if they want to appeal to more of a Western audience. But I think, you know, Yakuza is already so cinematic in itself. I think you could do a Yakuza movie and it would be, like, so good if they, like, did it right. <laughs> But I don't know, Persona to me, I don't think you could get it right, especially in a movie, because I feel like Persona games can really be such a slow burn, but like in a good way, like you really want to get into, invested into that world. I don't know if you can really do that the same if it's just like, I don't know, a two hour movie or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It really depends on how they want to go about it. 
maybe you could do a TV show, but I don't, the live action just, er, anyway, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so another announcement. So Axis Games has announced a Danganronpa-inspired mystery game, Inescapable, and this is coming to all consoles and PC in 2023. And I know I said I wasn't interested in Danganronpa anymore. However, Danganronpa-inspired mystery game, I feel like I can get down for. <laughs> um, this did look pretty cool. Um, I, I feel like I need to see more of it. Like, I don't think it'll be a day one buy for me by any means. It was, I think there might have been like 11 characters or something. And it does definitely seem very Danganronpa-inspired. I think the gist of it is that instead of, you know, kind of being kidnapped by this random person they don't really know why they're there etc etc i think they know why they're there and it's to win i think it's like five hundred thousand dollars if you know you escape or i don't know it's been a while since i looked at the thing <laughs> but it looks interesting and i think some of y'all would be interested in it they did have a little trailer for it and yeah that was that caught my eye and then another announcement that we got at Anime Expo, because the Axis Games had their own panel at Anime Expo, that's where they announced that. Uh, they also, Axis Games also announced some new Otome games, some localizations, ports, that type of stuff. Um, but then we had Spike Chunsoft, they were also at Anime Expo, and they announced Anonymous Code is coming to the West in 2023. So that was pretty cool. But yeah. So that's your Nintendo Direct and Anime Expo and other news <laughs> for these past two weeks. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about what I've been playing. So I feel like I've been saying this for like, I don't know, every episode for the past two months. I know it hasn't been that long, but I finished Ratchet and Clank going commando and I really liked this game. I know I've talked about it on the podcast already, but it really is such a huge improvement from the first game when it comes to just gameplay and, you know, having fun and really quality of life stuff. And I really do highly recommend Ratchet and Clank going commando if you're in the mood for, you know, 3D. It's less of a platformer and more of a shooter, but, you know, third person shooter, just that goodness, that, you know, 2000s nostalgia. Um, it's, it's a good game. I do recommend checking it out if you are at all interested I gotta play, now I gotta do Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, which is the best title for a video game, but, <laughs> but yeah, I also started doing the challenge mode, so when you finish the game regular regularly, you then unlock challenge mode, just basically replaying the game with all of the weapons that you've got already, um, but you also get, like, more bolts, you're able to upgrade your weapons another time, um, etc, etc. It adds a lot of new, not a lot, maybe not a lot of new content, but like extra content and a lot of replayability. Re replayability is the better word for that. Not content. But yeah, I think it might be a perfect sequel. And speaking of sequels, I've also been playing I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. So this came out Friday, last Friday, and I started playing it on Thursday. Thursday <laughs> or Wednesday I don't Wednesday I started playing it Wednesday um which is like a few a few days after it came out because I was waiting for Amazon to ship my games but I got it 
and I've been playing it. I've been streaming it on Twitch. I'm not finished it yet. <laughs> so if you're all interested in seeing me, my live reaction to playing I, the Samia Files Nirvana Initiative for the first time, follow me on Twitch. <laughs> because it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I'm also posting all the VODs on YouTube if you'd like to watch it later. But yeah, I, I've been streaming Nirvana Initiative and it's so good so far. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to, you know, spoil people. I know I'm like really sensitive to spoilers, even if, you know, someone doesn't consider something to be a spoiler, I'll like hear it and I'll be like, why the fuck did you say that? <laughs> like, I just want to have like no impressions of the game. So I'm going to try and keep this like really brief in case, you know, you haven't started it yet or you haven't finished it yet, which like neither have I, <laughs> but I think I'm, I want to say about 10 hours, maybe 12. I can't remember where I left off, but ish around there hours into the game. I've been playing it mostly on my PS4. That's why I've been streaming it. But I did also play a bit of my Switch version over the weekend. Um, <laughs> just because I couldn't play my PS4 version for a while. I was out and about. And I was like, I want to play Nirvana Initiative. And so I just replayed a bit of the stuff I had already done on PS4 on my Switch. And the performance on Switch, and I don't know if this is just because I didn't download the day one patch yet. Uh, but the performance on Switch was not great. There's a lot of dropped frames. It's... The loading also isn't great on the PS4, but it, it really stood it to me performance-wise, handheld in Switch. Um, but like I said, that might be a me problem because I didn't download the day one patch. So let me know if anyone else has had that issue on Switch with it just being kind of rough, <laughs> rough around the edges. But it does run a lot better on the PS4. But man, it's so good so far. I really like the characters, um, the new and returning cast. I think you know, they're really growing on me and I love them so much. I think they're probably my favorite part of the game so far. Also, just learning more about hidden bats. Y'all know I'm all about hidden bats. And that's, that's really been what's drawing me in in this game so far. Uh, the soundtrack is also really, really good. Um, man. And the soundtrack is also on uh, streaming services if you are at all interested in listening to it that way. I haven't really looked at it yet because I want to wait till I finish the game, but I already know some of the, some of the songs are definitely going to be on my phone <laughs> because there's some really good ones. And, uh, yeah, I'm really optimistic. I've, I've really been enjoying my time with this game so far and I, I've heard some really good fucking things. Uh, reviews came out and, you know, Noisy Pixel gave it a 10 out of 10. There's a lot of 9 out of 10s, 8.5, all that type of stuff. A lot of really good reviews. And just from what I've heard from, you know, other friends that have finished it, you know, they're saying it's like their favorite visual novel, their, you know, their favorite game. Some some people even say it's better than 999. I don't know if I would say that. I also haven't finished it yet, but I don't think anything will ever be better than 999 for me. But <laughs> people really like it is what I'm trying to say, so... I've, I've been taking my time with it because I don't want this experience to end so quickly. Obviously, I am a bit worried about spoilers as well, but I really want to take my time with it because once it's over, it's over. <laughs> and I like having something to look forward to. So I've been really enjoying my time with it and I'm hoping to play more of it soon. I'm very excited. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about questions. Uh, questions, 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 questions. So for this episode's que this episode's question, I think I'm talking too fast. Am I talking too fast this episode? I feel like I am. I'm rushing through so I can play Nirvana Initiative. <laughs> but anyway, 
Anyway, so for this episode's question, I asked y'all, what's the best slash your favorite video game sequel? Are there any that are better than the original? And why is it such a good sequel? So we're talking video game sequels. And so our first answer comes from Tolly Zoo, and Tolly Zoo says, maybe a sequel, maybe not, depending on how you view franchises. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance was a nice side romp that felt inspired by Kojima without being a Kojima game. It had its own differing playstyle, story construction, and character development, but felt like a good complement to the mainline series. I like seeing creative people do good things, though trying to wholly imitate what came before. And yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I don't, I haven't played that game personally, but I do agree with, you know, seeing people try and be original without trying to just, you know, imitate what came before. Because I think, you know, when I think of sequels, <laughs> I think of imitating what came before. I think of Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Cortex, and how in a lot of ways they just kind of tried to replicate what Naughty Dog did with Crash 3 Warped, but it wasn't nearly as good in a lot of ways. You know, it wasn't as innovative, it didn't feel as fresh. It just, it also wasn't fantastic game a lot of vehicle stuff which kind of carried over from warped with vehicle levels but anyway that's kind of what that reminded me of and i and then i think of you know what what is technically crash the crash 4 would probably be crash wrath of cortex and then when i think of you know real crash 4 it's about time where there was so much innovation it's like there's such a big difference in how those games have been received and just just the quality of them how good they are and so yeah i definitely think um, trying to do something creative and not just replicating what came before is a very good way to go about video game sequels because, I mean, it's just kind of boring if you're, it feels like you're always playing the same thing, even if it's a good same thing, even if it's something you enjoy. I feel like sometimes we just need something fresh. And I like that. But anyway, uh, Lands says, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind because it is a fine conclusion to the Xehanort saga with a highly replayable expansion for the gamers. Hell yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 is good. I would say it's good. <laughs> and then we get to Adam and he cheated. He said a few different games, <laughs> but it's fine. I'm going to cheat later too. I have a few different answers. Um, so Adam says, Virtues, Last Reward, somehow lives up to 999 and exceeds it. They're about equal to me, but on any given day, my answer on which is better would change. Probably my favorite sequel. The only thing that drags it down is that's a setup for a game that doesn't deliver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think Virtues, Last Reward is like an, it's, I feel like it is a perfect sequel. Um, even though I think 999 is better, even though I prefer 999, I think Virtues, Last Reward is a perfect sequel. Um, I don't think it's <laughs> as good, but it's like, I would give 999 like a 10 out of 10 and Virtue's Last Reward like a 9.9 .9 out of 10. Like they're so similar and I'm kind of on the same boat where it's like, even though 999 will probably always be my favorite, I think VLR, like if you're going to compare them objectively, they're pretty similar when it comes to quality, you know? So yeah, I definitely agree. I think VLR is so good. And it really does live up to 999, which, you know, is big shoes to fill. And obviously, Zero Time Dilemma didn't do the same thing. But, um, yeah, it's really great. Uh, Adam also says, Metro Metroid Prime 2 is equally as great as Metroid Prime, in my opinion. So, one of my favorite games. The world design is great. The difficulty is upped. And the dark world is a great concept. And I haven't played any Metroid games, but I'm, I'm sure you're right, Adam. I'm sure you're right. And the last game that Adam mentions is The Last of Us Part 2. 
had so much to live up to, but blew past my expectations, the story and characters exceeding the original, the gameplay being so improved. And yeah, I, I don't know much about The Last of Us, but I, I do, I can, I can see how the gameplay could be improved. Um, I played a bit of the first Last of Us, and like, I, I don't know, the gameplay wasn't bad, but it just felt a bit stiff, maybe. It definitely wasn't perfected. And even just looking at, you know, trailers that we saw of The Last of Us Part 2 when it was, you know, getting hyped up, I could tell just looking at it that it looked and, you know, felt it was going to be a better game. Um, I, you might be kind of controversial, though, Adam, because a lot of people didn't like the story, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to be controversial and to have your own opinion. Love that. Anyway. And then Mario says, Dead Space 2 for sure. I love horror, and after enjoying the first game, I just expected more of the same, but the sequel offered so much more. I love the story, the characters, the setting, and the gameplay, but the reason why this sequel sticks out so much for me is the protagonist, Isaac Clark. In the first game, they made him silent so players can self-insert, which is fine for a horror game generally, but in the sequel, they fully voiced him and gave him a personality that worked really well and made every conversation slash scene more interesting. It really elevated my enjoyment, and it's the reason why it'll be it'll be one of my favorite games ever. Hell yeah! Um, it's just, not, just when I was reading that, it really reminded me... <laughs> of like Jack and Daxter versus Jack 2 where the first Jack and Daxter game Jack is like a silent protagonist for the most part I, I feel like he might say a few things like maybe at like the very end or something it's been a while since I played the first Jack and Daxter but you know he's pretty much a silent protagonist and then when you get to Jack 2 it's just such a drastic shift in tone but also now Jack is talking and he's this just he's a weird character <laughs> And I think Jack 2 is, I mean, it's, it's creative, it's innovative, it's not doing the same thing as the first game, but I have a lot of issues with it. I think if they, like, remade Jack 2, it could be really fucking good, but it, as it is, <laughs> it's not. But anyway, that's just my little tangent. Uh, Mario also says, some honorable mentions, Assassin's Creed 2, Portal 2, Arkham City, Bioshock 2, Virtue's Last Reward, and Danganronpa 2. And then Mila says, got two picks. Firstly, Portal 2 is an incredible experience that I loved bits. Funny, charming, really well-designed romp that builds on the original game in every way. And then second pick is Shocker White Album 2. An absolutely beautiful... I don't know how to say that. I don't, I don't know how to say that word. I'm so sorry, Mila. <laughs> I can't say it. Beautiful visual novel with lots of drama. Well-developed, but... Well-developed, well flawed, but unique characters with authentic relationship building, amazing music, charming visuals, and an overall incredible, memorable experience that few games in media have ever left on me. I love it to pieces and hope it gets an official English localization someday. Me too! Um, I'd, all I know about White Album 2 has really been from you, Mila, but it sounds... I think I would enjoy it just from what, you know, I've heard you talk about it. <laughs> so I also really hope it gets an English localization someday because I, I would play it, I think. I think I would give it a shot. It sounds really good. <laughs> Please localize White Album 2 for Mila and for me. Thank you. And Sucro says, Dark Cloud 2. I feel there's more depth and gameplay in the second one, plus the characters actually mean something. The story is way better and weapons are really cool. Interesting. Um, I've never played Dark Cloud myself. I've seen a bit of it. I'm interested in it. I want to play Dark Cloud. But I, I always hear people talk about the first one. I never really hear them talk about the second one. So I thought that was really interesting. I like, I knew there was a sequel, but I, I literally never hear people talk about it. So 
Yeah, interesting. I didn't know I didn't know that. That it was better, apparently. <laughs> and then Matt says, definitely Dark Souls 3. It was, in my opinion, the best game in the series. The movements were smooth and the boss design was amazing. And you know, similarly, I feel like I don't really hear people talk about Dark Souls 3. Maybe that's just, you know, the people that I'm around the spaces that I am in on the internet, but I never really hear people talk about Dark Souls 3. So that was another answer that I thought was pretty interesting. And then Richard says Horizon Forbidden West because of the upgrades to mechanics, new machines to hunt, and Aloy opens up carrying the burden of saving the world with others. Yeah, I haven't played, I haven't played it, <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. And then Clock says, Blinks 2, Masters of Time and Space. Added co-op, playable pigs that control space. And then uh, he has in brackets here, cats control time. <laughs> you can make your own pig slash cat. It added a shop and had a fun versus mode. And I don't know anything about Blinks, but that kind of sounds sick. I kind of want to play that now. What, what, I, what even platforms is that on? I don't know much about this game at all, but just from uh, Clock's answer. And also... He put a little gif in his answer of Blinks, and I was like, oh, this looks fun. This looks like something I'd enjoy. It has that nostalgic feeling of, like, 2000s video games, which I'm assuming is when it came out. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know anything about Blinks, but I, I liked your answer. Anyway, <laughs> then Kyora says, Donkey Kong Country 2. It took everything that was great about the original and built on it while also fixing any problems the first game had. Game is twice as big, more collectibles and secrets that you're rewarded for, and a legendary soundtrack, perfect sequel, and game. You'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. I haven't played it myself, but I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I feel like I need to play more of these games. Like, usually I'm pretty familiar with the answers that you guys give, <laughs> but a lot of the answers for, you know, sequels specifically, I'm like, I'm not familiar with any of them, it feels like. I'm, I'm obviously familiar with Virtue's Last Reward, but a lot of your answers I'm really, I'm not familiar with. Maybe that's just, like, the nature of sequels, <laughs> is that, you know, more people are going to play the first game in a series compared to usually, you know, second game in a series, whatever. So maybe that's what it is, but I'm just like, huh, I haven't played most of these games. Anyway. Similarly to me not playing games, Kokiri says Sonic Adventure 2. It was the perfect sequel that made things better from Sonic Adventure 1. Three separate story modes, new characters to play like Shadow, Rogue, and Eggman, the, Cha the Chaos Garden, and of course, fantastic music. Crush 40 nailing it with live and learn. Man, you know, I don't know much about Sonic, but the fact that you can play as Shadow, I, I believe. I believe it's a better game. I know Shadow the Hedgehog, and you know what? That's a game I want to play, Shadow the Hedgehog on the PlayStation 2. It's giving Dirge of Cerberus, anyway. Anyway. Um, Jake says, I think a big bump for sequels and improving action aspects like Uncharted 2 is so good, while I don't like Uncharted 1. And then, I don't know if it's necessarily better than the first, but I love Virtue's Last Reward. Not sure if the story is better. Maybe it's just where I was in my life when I played it. And yeah, Virtue's Last Reward is so good. <laughs> and also Uncharted 2, you know. I've played most of the Uncharted series. I still haven't gotten to Lost Legacy. It's fine. But man, Uncharted 2 really is such an upgrade from Uncharted 1. You know, not just... I, I For me, it's really, like, story and characters. Like, I just think, you know, I really like Chloe. I think it's just more intriguing. But it's just also a better game in, like, every way possible. Um, yeah. And on a similar note, I would also say there's a really big jump between, like, Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 4. That is also, like, oh, we really stepped up our game here. But yeah, I really love Uncharted. 
And then Jay says, this might be a few parts, sorry if it's long. I'm going to try and stick with a more rigid definition of sequel as in connected to its predecessor, rather than just in the same series, avoiding, say, Final Fantasy VII being a sequel to VI, since it really isn't. Okay, on to my answer. And yeah, that was, that was what I was hoping for with these answers, Jay, so thank you. Uh, Jay says, my immediate thought is Majora's Mask. It's my all-time favorite game. It picks up where Ocarina of Time ends and goes in a completely new direction. It reuses almost every asset, but stands out as so unique. It's just perfect to me. Two more are Virgil's Last Reward and Danganronpa 2. Though I like 999 and Danganronpa 1 a little more, they are incredible games and incredible sequels, especially Virgil's Last Reward. <laughs> One more great one that I love a lot is Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn. And yeah, I think, I feel like we're on the same page of, of like, I don't know if Virtuous Last Reward is really better than 999, but they're definitely on, like, they're on the same bar. They're on the same level of, like, being fantastic. <laughs> we all agree. It's fine. And then Ryan says, answer before June 24th, Paper Mario. T-T-Y-D. I don't know what that stands for. I, maybe I should have looked that up beforehand. I don't know what it is at the top of my head, okay? TTYD. For y'all that like Paper Mario, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, expands everything the first game did and just simply does it better. My favorite game to go back and replay yearly. And yeah, those are good sequels. To me, that's kind of like what Ratchet & Clank on Commando is like, where it, it does basically what the first game did, just a lot better. <laughs> and then Ryan says, answer after June 24th. I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. So, man, like, I'm I'm really looking forward to finishing this game and playing more of it because I can definitely see the potential in it for it to be better than the first one. So, man, will, will this will this be the one? Will this be the one? Uh, so, my answer... So, I've kind of already talked about, you know, Ratchet and Clank going Commando. There was something else I feel like I talked about, like Uncharted, Virtual Dust Reward, that type of stuff. But just some other answers that I have for, you know, sequels I think are really good. This one might be a bit of a surprise. Um, Theater of Them Final Fantasy Curtain Call. So this was, so Theater of Them Final Fantasy was on the 3DS. It's a Final Fantasy rhythm game. Really fucking loved it. And it had, I want to say, about three songs from every mainline Final Fantasy game. And so, like, already that's a decent song list. <laughs> like, that's a big song list. But then when Theater of Them Final Fantasy Curtain Call came out, it had all the mainline games up until that point. So Final Fantasy XIV was what it was. And it also had a lot of the side games. So, like, 13-2. I think it had Lightning Returns. Type 0. Etc. Etc. 10-2. You know, a lot of the side games from Final Fantasy. So it had them, and it had a lot more songs from, like, every game. Crisis Core. They didn't have Dirge of Cerberus. I'm just realizing now that didn't have Dirge of Cerberus. Not that I blame them. <laughs> but they did have Advent Children. Um, but anyway, so whereas in the first Theater of the Final Fantasy game, there's pretty much three songs for every game. In Curtain Call, oh God, I want to say there was between, like, five or, like, six between like six to like nine songs for almost every game. Like there was a really, there was, there was a few of the side games that might've only had like, you know, two or three songs, but almost everything, this, like the song list was just so much bigger. And man, there was just, uh, it was so good. And you know, the gameplay, the core gameplay was exactly the same, but it was just such a better game. <laughs> It was so good. I know, I know a lot of y'all probably haven't played it, but I was obsessed with that. I played, I played so much of that game. I was getting full combos. That, that's a game that should come to Switch. Anyway, 
And then my other answer is Kingdom Hearts 2. I think, you know, it's it's just, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it kind of switches between 999 and Kingdom Hearts 2 <laughs> a lot. You know, I kind of put them on the same level when it comes to my love. But Kingdom Hearts 2, it's just so good. And it was my first Kingdom Hearts game, so... Maybe it's a bit hard to say it was a sequel. You know, it's my favorite sequel when I didn't play the first one beforehand. But I think gameplay-wise, it, it's not as clunky as Kingdom Hearts 1. It, just, it looks better. I really love the story in Kingdom Hearts 2. I love the gameplay. I think, you know, it's not, it's not a perfect sequel, but it's a perfect sequel for me. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sequels and favorite games of all time. So, yeah, I would say Theater, theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call... And then, and then Kingdom Hearts 2. There are some other really good sequels out there. I would also say Virtue's Last Reward, but I kind of already talked about that a bit. So yeah, those are, those are some of my favorite video game sequels that I think are really, you know, on par or better than the first one in Ratchet and Clank on Commando, but I think I already said that too. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's it for this episode. I, once again, in my mind, I was like, this is going to be like 30 minutes or up to 50 minutes. So, um, <sighs> I just, I just love the sound of my own voice. I just love talking to myself. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back on Tuesday, July 19th, where we'll be discussing who knows what, although I'm hoping... I'm hoping I will have finished Isla Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative at that point, and maybe we can talk about that a bit. What do you guys think? <laughs> anyway, if you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server. The link is in the description. You can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, where I'm at Games. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.